want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now why, hello, and welcome to issue 707 of Geek in the City Auto Radio. I am one of your hosts, Aron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Spinarita. And I'm your other, other host, Cable Hashitani. How's it going, everybody? What's shaking? <laughs> Lots. Yeah, the shithole that is life. Okay, so everyone's in a mood. No, I'm not in a mood. Well, I'm tired. Mm. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I... I want to all apologize to the listeners because, like, we, well, no, we, we had planned on disappearing anyway because we were all going to go see Trek together. And yeah. So that was a planned that outage. That was a planned outage, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a planned outage for the show. I had a further planned outage in that I had COVID again. Uh, this was my second round of COVID, so I missed the movie entirely, um, which well, not entirely. I, I stayed at home and watched it at right. home. <laughs> so you were there with us in spirit. I was. I That's was right. there with you in spirit. You we're helping us uh, touch the creator. I watched the the 4K edition on Paramount+. Plus. So, oh, is it still on there? Yeah. Okay. I heard they were going to take it off. Why would they? Because because smart decisions and streaming CEOs are do not go hand in hand like at all. Sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, I it, it was nice because I, I figure I, I might as well get the most out of my Paramount Plus subscription while I can because the second the the writers and the actors say okay, stop, cancel your subscriptions. I am canceling my fucking subscriptions. Right. Yeah. And I will simply watch anything that I already have on DVD or Blu-ray until the strike is settled. Yeah. I do love how the Warner Brothers CEO, David Zaslaus, has said that the strike is costing whatever, Max, whatever the hell the whole company is now. Mm-hmm. It's costing them like $10 billion this year. Way more than it would have cost them to just agree yep. to the terms. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But they, they could be having a profit instead of a loss. They and could. It, it's, just, it's just CEO ego now. And their and their belief that they own everything. Yep. That just by rights it is theirs. Yeah. They are the creators. Um. Sorry. Yeah, but they sorry. are not the creator. Mm-mm. They are not. Feature wishes to meet the creator. Yeah. Are you kidding me? None of them CEOs could have put up any Voyager, let alone Voyager Six, Mm-mm. which we never got to. 
I think we just did one and two. Yeah. Yeah. What was what was six supposed to be? That's Voyager. Voyager six. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. They basically made up a they made up a Voyager that wasn't real. Right. Because it would be because it, it it would be our future. Because uh, well, they figured right. that it, like the way the space program was going in the late seventies, early eighties, mm-hmm. we would have you know continued going into fucking space, right? As opposed to well, you know, we technically did. We shifted to the shuttle program. That's true. We did. Yeah, so, yeah there's been several other programs, just not feature, right? Well, and the other poor Voyager, a couple hundred years from now, gets blown up by a Klingon for target practice, mm-hmm. as was shown in the documentary Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, <laughs> the one where God needs a starship. Why does God need a starship? He <laughs> asked you a question. Gives a cyborg, though, man. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm in a mood because I'm just going to be in a mood for a while. That's just my life right now. Like, I'm trying to be good. And I'll be good, 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 good. And then, like, my brain will be like, the fuck you are? That's you, you, you've been happy all day? <laughs> Take this. I mean, it's a finite resource. Yeah, and I have to spend most of my day being happy for everyone. So right. when I get home, I, I'm like, oh, I just shut down. Although today was my day off, but I had to do a lot of Kind of final things and whatnot. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. That is the nature of the universe, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so that that's that's why we were out last week. Is I was still going. Let's let's skip the show because I'm still not feeling it. I and managed to make it through a day of work. <clears throat> that was about it. Yeah. Well, we had fun. It was pretty cool. And if you listen to the show, you should listen to the episode, folks, if you haven't. It was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, it because it's the two of you and then Merrick uh, joined in and you met up with other people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like yeah we so ran into Joel and Alicia and then Benja was there. So mm-hmm. we invited him to the table. Some of our some of our best Star Trek friends. That's right. It was like a meeting. It was like the Babel convention there. <laughs> but it's Sam's with Gin and tonics and chicken fingers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, we'll get to Star Trek Day 2 in a minute. Um, kind of a downer, but if you listen to this show, you probably know Portland stuff anyway. But uh, September 24th will be Revnat's last day open. Yeah. After um, 12, 12 years? years? Yeah, 12 years. Um, which is a super bummer. You know, yeah, it's just there are there are many factors that he's he's talked about too, and they're all true factors. There's no like what's really happening kind of thing, right? Um, you know, and and post COVID held out longer than most. I know that you know, like the COVID stuff and all of the different rules and and how to work around that had a big impact. But uh, yeah, after after the big shutdowns and all of that, he. They lasted a lot longer than a lot of other folks did, and so and that's, that's a pretty good testament to yeah. like, what a what a f- fan base they have, what a what a what a loyal customer base Reverend Nats has. Right. Yeah. You know, we we talked a little bit about it, and part of it's like a very Portland thing. 
Yeah. Because um, he mentioned that he got a ton of emails during the announcement of like, oh, man, but I've always wanted to try you out. Everyone says you're great. Well, you had 12 years. You had, I know. And that's just, we have talked about this on the show. That is a very Portland thing to do, to want to support local creators and whatnot, but don't actually do it. Just say, I'm glad they're there. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I acknowledge that there is more going on with that than just people not wanting to financially support the things that they love in this town. It would help if, you know, everyone was paid in such a way that they could do that. Right. Yeah. You know, and the cider market kind of shifted. Like, in a weird way, he was kind of a victim of his own success. He got people trying different types of ciders. Mm. And then the market just got super flooded, too. That it did. Um, and then there's, you know, issues with distribution in this city. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's not... That's not... Uh specific to portland no no it's specific to the liquor industry in general um like we've talked about how dumb it is that for the most part diamond is the only provider is the only distribute distributor for comics Mm -hmm. Um, some of the studios are going their own way with smaller places or whatever but for the most part diamond is still uh who you have to answer to if you want your comic distributed uh, liquor distribution is the same way, with one exception being what if Marvel and DC also owned Diamond? Yep. Um, that's how liquor distribution works. Yep. If I remember correctly, I think locally, like I do believe Miletus is an Ambev and Columbia is by Miller Coors. I think that's right. Yeah. So obviously they're going to push their own products. Yeah. They have more no than interest. anyone else they contract with. Yeah. Um, so that's just going to be a problem all the time uh, until that changes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows? So, yeah, this coming Friday, he's releasing three, three tent shows. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably be there Friday after work and try to um, try to pick some of the last ones up and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it'll, it'll just be weird. You know, just one more thing in this town that is that is shifting a lot. The end of an era. Yeah, I've had enough of those lately. Um. Uh, you know what, though? It'll be, I, I'm excited to see. I, he's already got, Nat has already has, has intimated that he's got other stuff planned. Yeah, I think he's going to do a consulting stuff for a while. Oh, that's less exciting for me. Never mind. Yeah, consulting <laughs> for other breweries. <laughs> yeah, that that's just it, is there are a lot of things that just when they are done they're done and we do they're like oh it'll be great i'll hang around for the next thing the next thing is not going to be remotely similar to what it is that we enjoyed not typically no so yeah you know it it just kind of it sucks so you know if you have a local favorite brand out there like you need to support them um and it's a whole longer story, but there are groups out there that are actively betting against Portland succeeding. They're they're actively spending money to mm-hmm. do it. Like they're creating completely flawed studies that suggest that Portland is having the worst resurgence out of any uh, major city in the U.S. Um, that that numbers are just strictly not true. Mm-hmm. The area of Portland they picked to prove it is like three square blocks near the business district of downtown. 
mm-hmm. which the, it's the, not the, rebounding because no one's going back to work. Yeah, time. the area where no one is leaving their house to go to but, work anymore. Yeah, but then they sell that news to like the New York Times, who does like a third hit piece in as many weeks on the city. I, yeah, that and anything that you happen to read that comes out of the people for Portland, anything yeah. that they say, it, it is propaganda. Yeah, it is propaganda. It is a lie. It is a lie. Um, they want to put their own people in power, and they're mm-hmm. pushing really hard because when charter reform voting kicks in next year, everyone in the city council is out of a job. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get reelected. Fucking none of them. Maybe Rubio. She might. I don't. If she want, runs. I don't want any of them back. No. I want all of them fired. Yeah. And then the only one who wants to stay is Mingus Maps because he's officially said he's running for mayor. Yep. He also doesn't get to be mayor. No. No, uh-uh. I don't want any of them there. Pass. Like, um, that's why a lot of them are kind of like kissing big business's ass right now because I think they know they're out of a job. Yeah, uh, Wheeler's eyeing the governor. He's not going to win because mm. the big blue parts of Oregon hate him, mm-hmm. and ironically, like super red right wing Oregon also hates him. hate him because yeah, they think he is like the worst leftist mayor the city's ever had. Yes, which is hilarious to think that. Um. So yeah, he's not going to fucking win, Governor. He's just not. Um, so yeah, when you see a lot of those Portland people from Portland studies or whatever, whatever new article that like points like a paints like a super grim, like do extra due diligence and find out where they got the information from. I can guarantee it's almost always false or heavily massaged numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Toronto study that came out a couple weeks ago actually covered all of the city and it's Portland is having the fastest resurgence of West coast cities. Hmm. Um, our crime is actually down to pre pandemic levels. Uh, they just don't want to bring that part up and everyone's favorite, like thing to kick around measure 110. a it's not working. Well, it's perceived they're not working well because then we wouldn't, then they canceled the budget for rehab services. Oh, so oh, they yeah, just made it response. Yeah, they just decriminalized using it, but then didn't approve the money needed to help that. Yep. That all being said, this is something that I want to talk about is that drug use on the streets of Portland is actually down 40%. People are going to get help. Yep. Um, the problem is that is mixed with houselessness because no one can afford a place yep. in this town. Um, so it's not that drug, this is the big thing is that they say like drug use leads to houselessness and there actually is no statistical correlation that it does that. It's just that these folks in the day when they would do their drugs, they would do them in their affordable apartments or in their affordable group homes. They didn't stop doing drugs because they had a roof over their head. They're doing drugs now like they did before. They just don't have a roof over their head now. Yep. So, um, it's it shit like that when I hear story. It never fails. Like, I'll hear a story about another, like, negative story about Portland. And, like, if you just say, like, oh, and now this is closing. And I get it. Like, one of the things Nat cited is, like, the tourists aren't coming. I mean, to an extent, that's true. But it's an uphill battle finding various media sources that, you know, are, are telling people out of town, don't come here. Like, they're they're literally being told, don't come here. Mm-hmm. Um by non-reputable news sources. Um, 
because if Portland fails, all that property becomes cheap. Mm -hmm. And the money behind folks like people for Portland want to buy those properties. Mm -hmm. So it's always um, the simple term for all of this is always follow the money. Yeah. Who stands to profit from this? Right. They're behind it. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's, you know, that's an end goal is to only have, like, three companies run everything anyway. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's the goal. No, no, just two. Just two? <laughs> is it BlackRock and... Uh, I forget what the other one is. Um, it also doesn't help that because Portland continues to be so fucking white... Uh, you know, and, and white NIMBYs are going to be the the first cr- group of people to be like, mm, mm, I'm I'm not going to risk it. You know, yeah, they're just they're just going to believe what they see and and not uh, not want to participate just based off of that alone. Right, they don't want anything to do with that. No, they want it fixed, but they don't want to have to be a part of the solution. They just want it fixed. Every what they every really want city is just has not... crime and drugs. And I used to live up like two blocks away from uh, a methadone clinic every city has has these problems but if no one's you know campaigning about how like you know how shitty your city is then no one's afraid to come right yeah and this this city has has groups actively campaign campaigning against it Mm -hmm. like actively like telling other countries like don't come here you know come to see somewhere else but don't come to portland you'll be stabbed immediately. Like we, we've had tourists, I'm sorry, my day job who have been told, like we were told to avoid this neighborhood. We would get jumped. We're like, no. By what? By what? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying there's not weird shit out there. Like there was the dude waving the machete in the North park blocks. Um, everyone was like, Oh, see typical Portland soft on crime. And I'm like, you don't know the laws here. Um, we are an open carry state that includes knives. There is no limit on length if your blade is one-sided. Yep. So you couldn't carry a broadsword in Portland, but you could carry a katana or the biggest fucking machete you could see. Yep. Also, that's not that's not soft on crime. That's weak at mental health care, probably. Yes. Yes. Also that. I mean, I don't know that guy, but probably that. Yeah. No, it was that. Um, I know that story. Like cops were called. Um, They can't do anything unless he's actively threatening someone. Mm Mm-hmm. They just can't. They have no legal right to stop someone who, even if the person's waving a machete in the air, if they're not actively threatening someone, they can't do anything. They're not allowed to. And it's one of the rare times that Portland police did not come in guns blazing. Mm. Um, which probably lets you know the ethnicity of the machete wielding man, just FYI. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that. You know, we get a lot of like, well, it's because you've like gutted your cops. And like, no. No, we didn't. Portland has the biggest police budget it's ever had. In its history. They just got new fucking cars this year. Yeah. An entire fleet. Yeah, no, they're actively not responding to emergency calls. Yes. So they can get more money. So they can get overtime. Yes. Yes. I'm, yeah, all of it is. Anyway, I know that's not most people come to the show for, but that's been a lot of shit that. It's all like connected in this town right now. Mm-hmm. Like business is not doing well. Small businesses that we've always liked or wanted to support not doing well because this big, and it sounds like you're a fucking conspiracy theorist, but it's like 
it's not that hard. You just look up people from Portland and then you just find out their main donors and then just see where they come from. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not hard. I mean, they're so blatantly lying that the Portland chief of police, and it is statistically proven that Portland has the most corrupt police in the country. Like one of the most, yes, one of the most corrupt police and one of the most aggressive police unions in the country. Mm-hmm. When our chief of police like publicly tells people for Portland, quit saying that Schmidt is letting people go. That's not happening. It, he's not. It's a lie. Yeah. It's a lie. He's keeping, he's prosecuting everyone that the attorney general, the attorney, the DA here is supposed to prosecute. Yep. There are crimes we just do not prosecute. It is not worth the time. We do not have the manpower. And Multnomah County Defender, they don't have people. Nope. So there are people that sit in jails for months because they don't have representation yet. So anyway, get that off my chest a little bit. I guess. How's it going? Uh, you know, let's turn it around. We know of a lot of really good places to see and experience in Portland. Okay. Such as? Oh, was that a segue for me? Yes, that's why I'm looking at you. Um, that wasn't what I wanted to follow this with. Oh, okay. okay. Well, we can, we can not do that. What do you want to follow with? Um, I don't actually know. <laughs> Uh, I feel like uh, the next thing on the docket sh- uh, should be Star Trek Day. We could just translate it to Star Trek Day. There sure. we go. That's fine. Uh, a, you know, a utopian future. There you go. Uh-huh. Well, this is a good spot to take a break and talk about our sponsors. Uh, first up, uh, Guardian Games 345, Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are quite simply one of the country's greatest game stores, and we are very lucky to have them. doesn't matter what kind of gaming you are into, Guardian Games is going to have it. Um, RPGs, there's a lot of like solo RPGs now, which are actually kind of cool. They're really just like evolutions of choose-your-own-adventure books. Not that that's like a knock. It's actually pretty cool because, you know, sometimes you can't, you know, sometimes you can't get the group together, especially, you know, when you're an adult and, and whatnot. Or, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe you're going on a flight. Maybe you're doing something on your own for a few hours. Pick up one of those solo play RPGs. You will have a fantastic time. Uh, you'll have a fantastic time with any game you get at Guardian Games. So check it out. Be sure to follow them on Facebook, just facebook.com. Search for Guardian Games. They will come right up. That way you know about any, you know, tournaments or releases. Or sometimes they have in-store sessions with the creator of some of your favorite games. And it all happens at Guardian Games. 345 South is Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, please thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Just like, uh, well, our next sponsor here. This is, sadly, will be the the, the last one. Uh, this will be for RevNats Hard Cider. Everyone knows the news. In fact, you're listening to the show. If you didn't know, now you do. Spoilers, sorry. Um, so yeah, after 12 years, uh, Revnat is closing his doors on his cidery. So if you get a chance this week and you live in Portland, Oregon, he's going through September 23rd. Um, I think deliveries up to September 24th. Uh, he's going out in style, man, releasing, I do believe, four new ciders. He's just going out with a bang. Um, so don't miss it. You can go to shop.reverendnats.com or show up on uh, Friday, September 23rd will be kind of the 
the big blowout, all things must go at RevNats. I'm pretty sure there's going to be more than cider, so there might be some memorabilia and some memories. So check them out. As always, you know, um, big thanks to Nat, supporter of the show, and we've been with him since since day one. This show has yet again outlived someone else. <laughs> uh, he'd find that funny. Anyway, let's get back to it. The all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. There it is. That's a transfer. There you go. So yeah, was it last Friday? Was Star Trek Day? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was... Does everyone know why it's Star Trek Day? Yeah, this is the day that CBS premiered the first episode. Yep. Um, which is why I do believe... Is it November or something? Is Day of Honor? Because it's the appearance of Aaron DeMercy, the first Klingon episode. Oh, I don't know. That. Yeah, that, so people who do a lot of Klingon shit, they call the first episode that they appeared as Day of Honor. Okay. And I think it's like November something, because that was the first season, right? Aaron DeMercy? I think so. I think so. Um, I just know that uh, the date in April is for, is uh, first contact day. Yes. So, yeah, the September 8th, 1966, when Star Trek first aired. Thank you, Lucille Ball. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you like how the theme kind of ends, you also have to thank Desi Arnaz. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the little bongo riff in the, the end credits music, that's him. Because they were like, it's, it needs something to it. Right yep. now, it's just... So, apparently, he was like, what about some of this? No, doing the thing. Yeah, there's a little bongo line. Oh, there little, is. Little Desi Arn- yep, there's little Desi Arnaz bongos in the end credits. <laughs> did like them drums. Yes, you did. Um, yeah, so the, um, for the past couple of years, uh, Star Trek Day has been a several hour long live stream event out of L.A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Red carpet um, or blue carpet or something. Yeah. I think the first year Misha Burton was a co-host. LeVar Burton's daughter. Or am I getting her first name wrong? Um, I don't know. I don't know her daughter, his daughter's names. You said... Um, uh, Misha. It was, it's M-I-C-A. I don't know how you pronounce it, though. I think it's Micah. Uh, oh, Micah. Micah, because it's, it's short for Michaela. Yeah. Oh, okay. There it is. That makes more sense, because you said Misha... And that made me think of oh. Misha Barton, who's oh. yeah, a was, white girl. Uh, yes, I knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't her. Mm. Um, nope, nope, definitely not her. Yeah, no. And also, you are correct. Errand of Mercy is a first season episode. Woo! That's one. Yeah, I, I know that last year the the hosts were Tony Newsom and Paul F. Tompkins, which yes. was like the first time I'd seen them. I'm like. Okay, I know they're doing. They're on uh, um, lower, lower decks. decks together, um, but this is a strange pairing. And then I find out that it's because they do the pod directive, the official Star Trek right. podcast, and they have been friends for years. Yeah, they are an odd pair, but they're they complement each other in being an odd pair. But yeah, it's weird. And he's tall. Yeah. Not as tall as Tawny Newsom. I thought he was taller than her. No, she's tall. I'm sorry, who? Tawny Newsom. No, no, uh Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins. Dr. You said Mielema. that and then a few minutes later my brain changed that to uh 
Patton Oswalt, who is not tall, hence no. my sudden confusion. Or on that, Star Trek. That's what, and that's why I was Googling. Yeah. I'm like, who is he in that? I didn't think he was in that. I know well, Paul, the, Paul F. The, Tompkins from um, Thrilling Adventure Hour. Right. And in the What We Do in the Shadows universe, uh, Patton Oswalt is dead. Yep. Yep, that's correct. Yes. He, he is now dead. Nandor threw him off a building after he got tired of being his best friend. Okay. It's a whole thing. Hope you all saw that already. Yeah. I Sorry, spoilers. Not. Nope. Seeing none of it. Thank you, Pat Dalsborg, but I don't think I need your friendship. I gave anymore. you Hulu explicitly for you to watch what we do with the shadows. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I, I think you underestimate or overestimate the amount of time that I actually get to spend watching any television. Yes. Uh, I watch so much television, and I don't understand how other people don't. So there's that. I think I watch probably at the high end four hours of television a week. I maybe do six. Also, I have what that technic- can't be true. You've seen everything. Yeah, you're like always caught up on everything. I I don't believe that. I believe you. I don't believe you. What am I always caught up on that you ask me about? Well, no, I don't have to ask you about it. You just comment I, on them. I you have share the I have shows I don't like to miss, and when you add them all up, they come up to about six hours a week. Anyway, uh, for me, I think it's because three jobs. <laughs> Yep. You know, there's that. Yep. That's part so, of it. So, Tony Newsom and so Paul Tommy, Tompkins. They were the host last year. This year, because of the strike, uh, there's only – all of the programming was pre-recorded. And, sent it, I, and I haven't seen it yet. And it sounds like you said it was a half-an-hour program. That's what I – found yeah I, okay. at least on paramount i i dug around on the internet but i didn't find any other there is no, anything really. that was it so yeah i get like 25 30 minutes of programming was yeah star trek day 2023 and even that felt like it was meant to be like inserted material that they recorded earlier uh, yeah for him doing like the fun little bits yeah yeah, yeah i'm like he's... well we need to cut this into its own thing because that's all we're gonna get because mm-hmm. of the strike yep yeah usually the host is just sort of the uh the, the rapper mm-hmm, mm-hmm around a lot of other content. I mean, they did they did show uh, now I have to remember everything. Um, so yeah, they talk about when Star Trek first aired, they spent a couple minutes on uh, you know, animation because there's the animated series and now there's Lower Decks and there's yeah, going to be a new the, animated prodigy. thing. They didn't they mention did Prodigy not mention at all. Prodigy. Of course not. No. Uh, it's, which is weird because... the show that was abruptly cancelled in its second season? What? First. It only First, made one season. But the second season had been written. Yes. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Because um, this is the 50th anniversary of the animated series. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. They're animation focused. Um, it would have been nice of them to mention Lower Decks, or I'm sorry, um, Prodigy. Yep. Doesn't surprise me at all. For all I, I do believe Prodigy still being shot. I like don't. The producers seemed kind of positive a few weeks ago of like something. I've, I don't think Prodigy is dead. No, huh? um, and I, I honestly believe that once the strike is over, and people are put into positions where it's like, no, you you have been fucking all of us over long enough. This is the direction that we're going. Um, that Prodigy will just, oh look, it's back on Nickelodeon. Surprise! Yeah, we we meant to do this the whole time. It's fine. Uh. 
that would make sense because that's where it used to be. And yeah, I, I think it it was a first casualty of like, well, let's start just start canceling some shit so that we can not have to pay for those. Yeah, uh, which also welcome Scottish Trekkie. We have a listener in Ooh, Edinburgh from Edinburgh. Right Edinburgh. Now. Wow, it's like can we come over? Yeah, we're gonna come visit. <laughs> Hope you've got a big castle. <laughs> Everyone's got castles, right? Everyone on the yes, island. Yes, that's, that's how it Same works. Same island, so. So here's the thing: <laughs> my friends Kelsey and kidding. Lex are currently in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey is going to grad school over there, and she, like, on her Instagram post recently, she's like, "We just met so and so that does this, and he has a castle." So does this <laughs> Scottish Trekkie. So yes, they just have castles. I'm so chuffed. <laughs> um, Don't say that. That's a British word. Not for our Scottish listeners. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Okay, okay, fine. I don't want to cause a stramash. Is that better? That's not even a word. Uh, Scottish Trekkie, is that a word? Stramash? Stramash. I think it's like I mean, I might, I might like, be pronouncing it weird, but no, no, it's one word. Anyway, oh, okay. while anyway, we wait for confirmation, <laughs> let's talk about what we're talking about. Yeah, so Star Trek Day itself was very, very small, which is, I actually felt a little bad about this, only because I know the host for this year was going to be Jerry O'Connell. And right. for a guy who's into Trek as much as he is and is doing a great job on Lower Decks, people keep just going, oh yeah, and Jerry's in it. Give Jerry his due, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. He is the first officer of the Cerritos. He is. You know. Ah, uh, uh, Bex said that uh, her Scottish granddad uh, used to say chuffed all the time, too, so valid. Okay. Thanks, Bex. Uh, every time I play Baldur's Gate 3 and I go back to the Emerald Enclave, I giggle because one of the tiefling refugees is named Bex. Mm. Anyway. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, there's a Bex in this game. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I did feel bad that he didn't get to really bounce off anyone, too. Yeah. You know? So I I look forward to a um, a more robust Star Trek Day next year. Um. I also feel bad that, like, he was probably really excited to do this, and then it got tr- deeply truncated, I'm sure. Yeah, but it, it, what little I have seen of Jerry O'Connell in interviews, I'm sure he is. Like, this sucks. But you know what sucks worse? Not getting paid for streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, uh, I just that, mean, like, as a Star Trek fan, yeah. what a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that feeling. Uh I've had it happen. I, I get exactly where that feeling would yeah. come from. Yeah, for sure. And it would suck, but mm-hmm. like, I also think he's kind of a stand-up guy. Yeah. So, I've never heard a bad thing about the guy. It, he must be decent. He's married to Rebecca Romaine, and you know she don't put up with dumb shit. Look at her. No, she does. She no. brooks no dumb shit. She's gonna be here <laughs> next weekend. That's right. So it's Jess Bush. Jess Bush and Rebecca Romaine mm-hmm. are going to be at the comic convention here in town. They're not paying us. I'm not calling. I'm not giving them their name. No, no, they're not paying us. I didn't get offered any comps. Uh, 
I'm not doing free advertising for them no. ever. <laughs> no, but uh, so those two tar- Star Trek stars are going to be there. I would, <laughs> man. I'll be working uh, it. Maybe I'll run into them. Good. Invite them out for drinks. I would. I, I mentioned to to Merrick. It's like I would love to go and get drinks with Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine and just listen. To, it's like your tabs on me. I just want to hear stories. I just want to hear all the stories. Yeah, yeah. And Merrick just looked at me and went, "I don't want to go drinking with her. We our livers will die." Oh, is she a good <laughs> part? Is she a known partier? Re- I just, she's like, I just firmly believe that Rebecca Romaine can drink us all under the table. <laughs> and I'm like, no, yeah, that's valid. That I I believe that is probably true. Yeah, she's been in the industry since she, she was pretty young, so mm-hmm. she's got a lot of practice. Yeah. And she just, yeah, she kind of exudes that. She has, she's hit that level of like, oh yeah, no, this, this is just this is what I do. This is Tuesday. She's just casual Marion Ravenwood uh, aura. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, just without the problematic stuff of Marion Ravenwood. Oh. That right. we know of. Not the actress, the, the uh, character. And it's more an Indiana Jones thing than a Marion thing. Uh, the fact that she's in love with a jerk. Well, and also, I was a child. I was in love. It was wrong and you knew better. Oh. When she was actually probably like 15. And mm. he was like probably 21. Right, right. Yep. Oh. Gotcha. But it was the 20s. But um, anyway, uh, they did debut. What do they call them? Very short treks. Oh, did they? Yeah, the first two I think are on YouTube. Mm. And it's funny, like they made a point of saying, like these are not in can. They're very irreverent. Like they are not in canon. Please do not get all upset when you. They're like it's not. And they debuted one during Star Trek Day on YouTube and it's an homage to the original animated series and you know Kirk is like what is it oh Enterprise is about to be blown up by Klingons and you know Spock says we need to have an idea and Kirk says well there's one more than one way to skin a cat and it's the animated series so it cuts to what's your name she goes what Emrys like, yeah why would you do that he's like I'm sorry it's just an earth express you used to skin cats well no it and the whole thing is him trying to come up with other sayings that don't offend somebody on the bridge. And it's like, yeah. And then eventually it's like, you know, it, it, there's like a joke about like, you know, I feel like a butthead. And then it cuts to a crew member who's got a butt for a head. What's wrong with that? He's like, no. You know, there's supposed to be like a screw head. So it's that, you know, it's that kind of irreverence. Which they said going into it, like that's what it's going to be. It's clearly not in canon. There is no race in Star Wars, Star Trek that people have butt heads that they talk out of. Not the not what's their names. There's like three. There are three races in Next Gen alone that like they were. Mm, it was like six or seven. Ep- like, yeah, it was all a block of uh, like the game. The the episode with the game where they have their little oh yeah with Ashley Judd theirs, yeah with Ashley Judd, um, like that race the the race of people that gave it to Will Riker it's like I don't remember the, prost- the race it, it was because they never mentioned the race but the prosthetics that they used for the alien was like do you, were you aware that that looks exactly like you've 
You've just put labia on this woman's head. Why did you do this? That's not a butt. No, it was labia taint and butt. It was like it was just it whole, was the like whole the whole yeah, it was the whole Latite boots. <laughs> um, go Google that, friends. Wait, anyway, this animated was character was literally a butt for a head yeah. with like eyes and. I'm I'm seeing it in this little YouTube thumbnail right now. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I can see that. I didn't realize they were already available on YouTube. I'll have to check them. I don't know if they all are yet. And there's, I think there's three episodes, two episodes of Lower Decks are now out also. Yeah, they yeah, have two at the, uh, on, on the same they're day. Doing, they're doing a Tuvix. Spoilers. What's in the trailer for it? That's true. It's the name of the episode. It, it's, 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 and it's T-Y-O, T-W-O is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's with the doctor and the engineer. Yep. Yeah. To start. Yeah. To start. That, that was a lot of fun. I haven't watched them yet. It was too late when I finally realized they were on. I was like, I should go to bed. So, uh, we watched those bed. last Thursday. That was our, like, we're watching this. We're watching this. <laughs> and it was fantastic. And um, I, I love that... Uh, I've talked to friends at work about this. What's neat about um, Lower Decks being an animated series, usually with animated series, you get the characters and they remain static. And so the jokes have to become better over time, but you feel like you end up, they're just rehashing the same material. Right. And in this, the jokes keep changing because they keep changing the characters. The characters themselves are growing. It's not one-offs. Everything that they do gets referenced again so that there is actual growth to the characters of Mariner and Boimler and uh, Tendi and Rutherford yeah. and everyone else on the bridge. Like, Jack Ransom has gone from being, oh, you're just the jock bro mm-hmm. first first officer to, to oh no you are straight up an executive first officer on the on a federation starship yeah. you With know what you, skills. yeah you know what you're doing yeah you're kind of a jerk sometimes but also you're not right you're really good at your job yeah i think that this season premiere actually showcases that pretty well yep uh, especially like mariner having like begrudgingly accept that he's actually good at it yeah, and she doesn't. She'll never admit it, but she doesn't actually mind following his orders. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, right, right. That the which, is it. The first episode or the second one? No. Anyway, it, she basically goes to self sabotage again. Yeah, because you, you can you know that that's something that she's done multiple times. That's why she's still mm-hmm. an ensign, right. uh, despite obviously she has a lot of time and experience in Starfleet. But by the end, she's recognizing that that's childish and that maybe people really do see yeah. something in her that is worth yeah and like ransom won't let her do it either yep mm-hmm. he's like i see what you're trying to do it's okay but you're doing a great job She's like, Son of a c- <laughs> yell at me i think the 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 thing that it showcases more is that paramount continues to be shitty at merchandising star trek Yes, because they told us they told us to go to Star Trek to Star Trek.com, the new official shop, 
Uh, first off, the first time I went there, it required a password, and I was like, "They're like, go to Paramount Plus uh-huh. and put in." I was like, "I'm not doing that." No, I just want to buy your merch, and you literally just made it harder. Once that finally dropped, I went there, and I'm like, "This merch sucks. It's awful." The, in the the basically the thing that that showcases that they're bad at this is why. Is there no fucking moopsie plush? Yeah. Like ready to go. Yep. That I should have been able to look up Star Trek.com and gone to the store, and that should have been the first fucking thing there. Yeah. Moopsie. Mm-hmm. Moopsie. Yep. Uh, I think that that just means that our um, our nerdy listeners or our craftier listeners uh, should should get on that. We want Moopsie. Oh, Moopsie Moopsie's gonna be at Etsy in like a week. In fact, oh, it, it's already happening. Like I have yeah. already seen one. Is it already out there? Yeah, it's. That's it's also part of it. Sometimes I feel like. Moopsie T-shirts. Uh, I feel like it, these places. Why do you look up Moopsie and the first thing that comes up is a fucking batleth? What? I don't know. I mean, mine. Mine was a pin that says "I collect moose poop." <laughs> I think you misspelled Moopsie. <laughs> no, I didn't. Maybe in some circles. Uh, M-O-O-P-I-S-E? Mm-hmm. Nope. No, no, no. Moopsie with a Y. Even though that's what I wrote. Moopsie. Nope. Oh, crystals. I, I Maybe it's just an algorithm thing. Because Moopsie and crystals have nothing to do with each other. No. But I do look at crystals. You do. Um Yep, I'm not getting any of it. Moops. Weird. Now I'm getting uh, white girl hula hoops because they got spinners and tassels on them. I hate Etsy. <laughs> it's, just, it's just really gone Bold downhill. statement. It's gone so far downhill. Oh, no, it's it's gone horrible. Mm. But, um, but yeah, they're like, you know, the, like, fuck, Fluvog. Made the has the next gen or the, the next shoe. gen the the, the strange new world's boot. Um, oh, and they added another one. No, I know oh, they, I, that's not the point that I'm getting to. the The point is they went, oh, this is going to be a limited edition. We're only going to do this. Please order this now. And inside of a month, they went, oh, I mean, this is a part of our permanent collection. Yes, the boots that I have are not from that initial launch. Yeah, because they went. Uh, we everybody wants these. Like we already sold out. What do you mean we sold out? We just put the link up. We, but it's we some sold, nerd thing. Yeah, it's like we sold out. We need to keep making these boots. Period. I know. Uh, Paramount just be leaving money on the table. Um, yeah. One of the things that I learned uh, while trying to find more uh, Star Trek Day content and information is that uh, they're partnering with Kid Cudi. Should I know that? Uh, I know that. Why do I know that? Popular uh, musician. uh, Oh, I did see this story, but I forgot what he's doing. I I actively like one of his songs, and I know this other one. That's that's what I can tell you. Uh, But apparently, they're they're gonna do a collaboration, uh, presumably for. Star Trek style clothes. Okay. He's apparently a big Trek fan. Great. Uh, I read the article about him. He's actually like really excited to do something. 
But yeah, it looks like it's going to be closed. I don't know. Um, yeah, it looks like closed. Yeah. Uh, if they do, uh, please to be remembering to make them in all sizes, which is something else Paramount does a lot. Uh-huh. Is they tend to stop at like XL, um, and that's just not how a lot of fans look. Um, Idic, definite yeah. diversity and intimate combinations. Yes. Uh, I'm also like nothing against Kid Cudi, but I'm disappointed that they aren't. They still haven't like really partnered with uh, Volante. I mean, I know that Volante, you know, has, has license, licensing, um, but that's some high quality merchandise that they it could is. be. I'm also guessing Volante could not do the, oh, the amount that Paramount. Would yeah, want to you're do. probably right. They're it, if they did, they would have to. They're much more bespoke. That would in. Yeah, in order to do that, that would change their entire business model. Mm. They would need to, like, have three times the amount of staff. They they already bought it, like, they already moved into a different building that's bigger and increased the size of their production. Yeah. Um, but they're, they did it organically. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I'll go back. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, boldly B is, uh, is the, line the, the slogan. Right? Hmm. So Star Trek Plus, I guess that's the Kid Cudi logo, All right. uh, which is cool. Mm-hmm. He's got his own little icon. Uh, that's a good looking jacket, too. Yeah, well, I have enough Trek jackets. I just can't have more. <laughs> is this the only picture they're going to give us? Yes, that yes. is. All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool and good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what, what that's going to look like. Yeah. I think the other big announcement, well, it was going to be a bigger announcement, but I feel like they said that season one of Strange New Worlds is going to be on CBS. Oh, they're not only going to stream it? Correct. They're trying to get more, with the idea being that if you don't have Paramount Plus, look what we're doing. Here's a really great show. Mm-hmm. And Strange New Worlds numbers are like massive. Yep. They're they're just fucking huge for Paramount. Um that's always the thing I love when, like, the ones that hate, quote, new Trek are like, Paramount's losing money, da 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 They're like, it ain't because of Trek if they're losing money. Like, nope. even on their own internal shareholder calls, they're like, it's doing so much better than we thought, and we are so appreciative of it, kind of thing. But I think they said Strange New World's full, full season will be on CBS proper. Um which will maybe get new viewers, great, but also it's because CBS doesn't have a lot of programming. <laughs> you know, you, all those like Law and Order still need writers. CSIs. Or CSIs. Oh, CSIs. NBC's the Law and Orders. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. All those shows that make your middle aged mother or grandmother, whatever, happy at night mm-hmm. that remind, that make them think that the system works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the dun dun shows. That's still. I know that's still. If, um, if CSI has some sort of a uh, trademark sound effect, we don't fucking know what it is. I just assumed it was the... Uh, it's the, the sound of uh, someone lowering their sunglasses. Yeah! Uh, and then it cuts yeah! into the... Who, who yeah, so, are, so Baba do, O'Reilly do, do, yeah. is, the, uh, that's is, the, is the sound of CSI. Yeah, that's right. Uh, right. The show that is loathed how much by all DAs in the world. Oh, yeah? Yes. Because I, that's not how forensics works. But 
most juries are stupid. Is there a lot of DA stuff? You talk to anyone who looks in criminal defense or prosecution, Mm -hmm. and they will all be like, we fucking hate these shows. Oh, all of them. I thought you were talking specifically about Oh, yeah, 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 no, because they think, juries think that, like, well, you brought in your forensics. What are the DA, you know, what are the DNA tests show? And they're like, it's not how it works. Right. Nope. Like, at all. You know. It's like when I talk to Ryan and he just rolls his eyes when he listens to the government talk about, like, cybersecurity. He's like, these motherfuckers still think it's like hackers or lawnmower, man. I'm in. Yeah. No, exactly. That's when he was always like, remember that story when it was like, oh, Hillary has private Google servers. He was like, good. He's like, you know who doesn't get hacked because they spend money on protection? Google. You know who does it? Us. The government. The government. Yep. Yeah, he was like, as it stands, I would rather have Google have all of our, like, cyber, like, all of our emails right now that are like, government emails. Make up your mind, right-wing nutbags. Do you either want less My government and right. more private enterprise, or or you, oh, want, right. you want to keep your government over here? They want whatever fits their narrative. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. And by the way, I'm, we're not saying Ryan's right wing. He's so not at all. Yeah, he's gonna go. Oh what no, the I'm not. Fuck? Talking about I was. I read for a minute. He's like, what do you mean, Bean? No, no, I don't mean Ryan. I'm saying no, the, people, the people who are mad. Yes. That she used a private server. Yes. Um. <laughs> oh, you don't have to apologize that you enjoy us while you sleep. In fact, I, that makes us even more. Um, what's what am I trying to say? That yeah. makes that makes us feel even more special because yeah. you have, uh, you are in a different time zone, but you have still made it a point to check us yeah, out. Yeah, thanks. We actually have a listener. I run into her every once in a while at like shows or different events. Doesn't happen anymore because she's not married to this guy anymore. But she used to tell stories. She's like, it would be so weird. Because my husband could only fall asleep to listening to like your guys, like your show. She's like, so maybe something happened in bed, maybe something different. It wouldn't matter. I'm nodding <laughs> you off. <were> there. <laughs> and it, yeah, she's like, and there you were in bed with us the entire time. You know, so uh, that, that I think I think even a few times I, I I don't remember his name anymore, so I'll just be like, Clark, Clark. It's time for you to go to bed. <laughs> and by the way, your your wife does think it's kind of weird that I'm always there with you. I think it's sweet, Clark. <laughs> you keep doing you. Tell your wife she's pretty. Tap her on the butt for me. <laughs> there you go. Sleep well. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll reply to that in a minute. Um, so... Yeah, I don't want to say Star Trek Day was lackluster if you were just a viewer on Paramount Plus, but it, it was kind of lackluster. Like, I thought that Jerry O'Connell was like the beginning, and then it was like, okay, for the rest of the day. And then it hit me like, oh no, writers and actors strike. That, that's going to be it. Actually, um, f- f- confession time. I didn't try to watch Star Trek Day stuff until I knew we were going to talk about Star Trek Day stuff because at the time on on the day I mean yes I did work all day but then on the I, I like I kept my little notification from Paramount app on my phone so I would remember when I got home right. but by the end of the day I was like wait a minute writer strike they shouldn't be doing a Star Trek Day during the writer strike so I just didn't check it out 
Yeah. Yeah, I I made the assumption early on. It's like, oh, this is pre-recorded stuff. And it that didn't occur to, to me at the time. It was it a, it's the end of a long week. Yeah, same for me. Like it was my day off, and I think I I think it was like one o'clock when I realized, oh right, Star Trek day, and they popped online really quick, and everyone's talking about, like, oh yeah, I'll see what's happening right now. And I just got that intro, and I was like, okay, maybe when the intro's done, I'm like, oh no, that's that it. And it. then it hit me too. I'm like, oh right, strike. Uh, I yeah, I went when I first heard about it. I went looking for and did not find mention of, which annoyed me. For any, like in any press release, it's like, why did you not say all of this was recorded prior to the strike? Mm-hmm. That should have been in there. I get why a studio isn't going to do that, but at the same time, they should have fucking done that. NPR does it. It mm-hmm. would have to be, but there's weird rules about that. Um, the WGA might consider that writing for a show for a special oh like you're saying they might, they would treat that differently i don't think any i i don't know it would have to be a marketing press release it couldn't be something that they would show at the beginning of when he was going to talk because mm-hmm. that would be considered writing for that no no i yeah. meant that i, like I mean in the yeah i mean i i'm not talking about the recording at all when i started reading the press releases for this. Oh. I did not see any of them say, and they should have, this was all pre-recorded. And, oh, and to okay. what you're saying, uh, but for both actors and writers, uh, when you are on strike, not only are you not supposed to work, but you are not supposed to do any promotion, promotion yeah. of, of, part of it, struck yeah. work. Right. Like, if they wanted him to say something else, no one can work on that script. And he wouldn't be allowed to ad-lib either. Yep. It would be altering the script. And, you know, he's not going to cross any line. No, he's thing. not. Um, he's yeah. not Drew Barrymore. Uh, what did, What has she done? Drew Barrymore. She's recording episodes, new episodes of her show. Because what, her she daytime is, talk show? Yes. Oh, no, she actually believes that she provides a news service. Because that's the it's not a loophole, but it, that's why news shows get to stay on. They are the WGA writers do not write news stories mm-hmm. like the news people do. Yeah, the, the, news is a different. It's a contract. different union. It's a different mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Drew Barrymore show. I've seen clips of it. I guess it's sweet. Um, yeah, they don't have any writers yeah. right now. They're all on strike, and yeah, Drew Barrymore decided to start filming again saying that uh, they are a new show that just happens to make people feel good so she feels like it's proper for them to come back within their rules too that has backfired badly no so that's between her and her gods and agent it didn't backfire as bad as you know what's his name kusher and kunis i'm yeah, i'm not even touching that one yeah i'm not going there what did they do no no oh. that's a whole nother okay. thing okay all right, fine. Go well, catch up on your celebrity gossip. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate celebrity gossip. Let's. Well, then let's don't worry about pin- it. Why do you now, care? But now I want to know. No, you don't. Let's pivot. It'll just make me uh, mad. Scottish Trekkie, as he's drifting off to uh, pleasant Scottish slumber, would like to know, and this is a question better for you too than for okay. me, um, if if you would like to see a Star Trek series that is based on the uh, Enterprise B and Enterprise C. Well, out the gate, a series about Enterprise C would be very short. Not necessarily. 
We know how it ends. We, we also know how long she was in command of the Enterprise. So we also was know she the how first long woman in command of it. Yes, we know how long Pike was in command of the Enterprise. Right. I I'm not saying it like. Yes, it could still be done regardless of length. It, it could be. You would have to stretch out a 10-episode show in a nine-month journey. Oh, she was. it was only nine months? Yeah, no, that's what I mean. That's why, yeah, that's the whole big thing. Like, it was their new flagship. Oh, so it was... It was fresh. Oh, the ship, the ship itself only had nine months. And she was only captain for nine months. Okay. Ago. Yeah, no, that's that's the whole kind of tragedy is that the Enterprise C, because that's the biggest gap between B and C. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a hundred years. So that was the big thing. Is like this is the new ambassador class, um, and there's this whole weird canon thing about it. How where the Vulcans were kind of upset that it was the ambassador class because the ambassador class has a lot of armament, mm-hmm. um, and they're like that goes against the spirit of the Enterprise. Like that is not the point of the Enterprise. And they're like, well, we're doing it anyway because this is our newest, biggest, baddest ship. It's going to launch with Enterprise, mm-hmm. and uh, d- didn't launch very long. Nope. Um, so yeah, but Enterprise B, I kind of would, but I don't know with that captain. Not a diss on the. I just because I think everyone, it's it's not canon, but like in the books, that moment with the Nexus completely changed that crew. They went from being like green and nervous to being like, oh. Kirk's right. Like, if we sit in this chair, if we're on a ship named Enterprise, we go head first into danger. That is that is what we do. Mm-hmm. And in the books, it's, just, it's I think one of the books mentions that Enterprise B had more contact with alien civilizations than Enterprises before. But I think that still gets back into that's that's in books. In books, yeah, that for they Star don't Trek count. are not canon. No, except the new ones. Because they work with the writers to, okay. yeah. Um, so I, I think that I think it's possible to do do that. Uh, would I watch it? Yes, I would. I don't know that I necessarily want that. Yeah, but I also didn't necessarily know I wanted Picard. And right. I enjoyed Picard. I didn't know that. It, I certainly didn't think that I wanted an animated comedy. Yeah. And Lower Decks and is that's our favorite. fucking amazing. Right. And there are people thing. who refuse to watch because it's an animated comedy. Yeah. Yes, there are. <laughs> those Which, are people that don't like fun. Yes. And I feel sorry for those people. Or people who don't believe fun belongs in Star Trek. I feel yes. sorry for those people, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are eras I'd still like to see explored. Like, I would still love to see, like, what they call the lost years. But show ends before the movies. Mm. Oh, the in-between. Yeah. But that would be a series I would want of, like, vignettes. I want, and I don't know if it'd make good Star Trek, but I want, like, how did how did Bones become Disco Bones? <laughs> I, I want the show of the simple retired country doctor. I sure. think deep down... Uh... Bones was always Disco Bones. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was. Uh, our um, friend and I have, have written that series already. We're, <laughs> we're like, you know that McCoy lives on a compound in the south in Georgia. I I think I... 
I want the direction um, that some of the shows were already going. Like, I want Star Trek Legacy. Oh, yeah. Which one is that? That's, that's the, the one they're trying to get off. That's the one that they want wanted to spin off from Picard, where it puts uh, Seven of Nine in the captain's chair of the Enterprise. Enterprise yes. G. Yes, Enterprise I want G. that. Um, um, because I uh, like I'm in that that space of like I like some I like familiarity in some of my track, but I'm also fine giving me do new shit. Like I, that's one of the reasons why I'm still enjoying Discovery, and why I will jump on board with um, Starfleet Academy, Academy yeah. mm-hmm. um, because it's further in the future. Yeah. I don't want to keep looking back with Trek because like as fun as it is and it is working well, I also want to go forward. Uh yeah, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh a lot of people shit on disco uh and ignore the fact that like if it wasn't for Discovery, we wouldn't have this, you know, like as Jerry O'Connell put it, this renaissance of Star yep. Trek content uh, nope. with something for everybody. Yep. Uh, but what I what I will agree with now in retrospect is that Disco started off really dark and really didn't super come up from there over the course of the last four seasons. Uh, and I mean, I still love it, but there is something to be said for a more positive and uplifting without the, you know, end of the world doomsday stuff that these other Star Trek series have been yeah. giving us. Yeah. Although, I mean, Discovery always seems to have a season-long, you know, big bad with right. the galaxies. That, you know, I, well, I because hope they season... wanted to yeah. pair up against prestige television. Yeah, and yeah, I no, I In that regard, it. they succeeded. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were... Well, I mean, like I think I mentioned before, like the first season is always going to be hampered by it going through three showrunners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it never had a dedicated showrunner until season three. Really? Yeah. yeah, it's it's always kind of had a new vision every season or change halfway through. You know. Um so yeah. Um oh you're welcome, Scottish Trinity. Um yeah, it's funny. I was in a conversation a few weeks ago with someone online that actually wound up being like a good trek conversation. Um they were talking about how they really liked Discovery and they went to show her mom because her mom was a Trekkie and she's like, I, I think you'll like this show. So they started at the beginning and they're like, she was super confused. Like she didn't understand like what, what's going on. This is supposed to be the main character though. What are they doing? I don't quite get it. And I had this talk because someone else has recommended this and I've, and I've done it this way. It's kind of a minor version of like the machete cut that we do with the prequels or mm-hmm. the original trilogy or whatever. And they're like, start with episode three of Discovery. The one where like it opens with like Burnham on like a Starfleet prison ship mm-hmm. and she's being transferred. And then she gets on the Discovery with Captain Lorca and like everyone fucking hates her. If you don't know the first two episodes, you're like, why? But you are invested. You're like, no Star Trek's ever opened with the quote lead character. It, it basically jail and no one likes her. Like, okay, what happened? Then you jump to episodes one and two. Interesting. I there's you part of me that, that's like, and I then don't you go, know. and then you, and you go straight on back to four. The, this is actually how I recommend people. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, oh. this is my cut. 
Uh, it is you watch episodes three, four, and five, one and two. Oh, three, four, and five. Yes, and, and you then... you watch enough so that you are engaged. You see people start to turn and give her a little bit, but it segues in such a way that like Giorgio is referenced just enough that mm. then you go back and watch that. And it's like, oh, that's why everyone is mad at you. Right. Right. Okay. My only thing is, like, I feel like if someone were confused watching it the normal way, I don't know that they would be less confused watching it this sort of machete style. I specifically recommend this only for old Star Trek fans. Okay. Yeah, and that's what this woman's same thing. She wanted to get her mom into Discovery. Mm-hmm. Her mom's a Trekkie. Yeah. I don't, if you've never watched Star Trek before, I'm like, yeah, start from the beginning. It's fine. Yeah. If it's, like, I've mentioned it to a couple people, and they've gone back and watched it, and they're like, it's like, I, it doesn't work perfectly for me because I've already watched it, but watching it in that order actually does narratively make better sense for old Trekkies. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it does do the thing where you're like, I understand what Starfleet is, I understand what's going on, I understand ship structure, and I understand that this person is a whole shitload of trouble, and I don't know <laughs> and why. And I don't know why. And if she's done all these horrible things, why did they take her out of... What prison. the hell does this captain think that is she is so important that he requests her to come out of prison? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. And then I think, that, like, by episode five, you have also seen her go up against the water bear, the the, the yeah. thingy. Well, because it's six kicks off the mirror universe. Um, I think so. I'll I'll have to look at the the, yeah. the episode guides again. Anyway, it's an interesting way, and yeah. you're right. It's for people that grew up with Trek but maybe haven't watched Trek since. Voyager, you know, but yeah, um, well, go, go ahead. I was gonna say, let's talk about what else you did on. Yeah, I was gonna say, so, um, locally for Star Trek Day, um, uh, I and Merrick, and then we met up with uh, Adam Roscoe and Ryan Castro, who are uh, were my castmates from Trek in the Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were invited to um, kind of volunteer and participate in Star Trek Day for a local business called Emperor Giorgio's Tea Room. Uh, <laughs> is run by uh, Brendan and Wellington Giorgio. Um, they will. We will say them by name. Yes. <laughs> um, they they're a married couple, and they changed their last name to Giorgio, which is how they get away with calling it Emperor Giorgio's Tea Room, <laughs> and not. That's dedication. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to get around a cease and desist order. <laughs> That's true. They can't tell you to change your name. Yep. Um, <laughs> Smart. They are a British tea room that was originally, I think it was the Lovejoy tea mm-hmm. room, and it was located in a different location when they moved to Kenton. They're in the Kenton neighborhood. Um, they opted to, they're like, it's like uh, we're we're queer people of color. We're on the spectrum. Maybe choosing to continue to follow British colonialism isn't the way we want to go. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do we both love? Oh, we both love Star Trek. Yeah. What if we had a Star Trek themed tea room? <laughs> and that's what they did. Um, there is one wall is a huge mural that has 
the USS Shinzo, the USS Discovery, the Imperial flagship, and a um, is it the Sharon? Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. And then um, Michael Burnham, big, big old life. Michael yeah. Burnham, huge. Um, like he looks like season two Michael Burnham. Um, yeah, because it's the Discovery uniform with that hair. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. Like the the it, everything is very gold and dark blue in their details. Uh, they do like full on tea service. Like you can get just a couple crumpets or a scone and with the small tea service, or you can get the the full the top tier tea service is the Uhura, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is um. It is enough food to fill you. It sounds like it's like oh, it's cutesy. It's little finger sandwiches and and vegetables and this and everything is vegetarian and can be made vegan. Um, and then a pot of tea. But I guarantee you, like you will sit there for an hour just noshing and drinking tea and like I'm not, I can't eat any more food. I'm I have done. seen that because they they show the like the course list for it's what it's the Giorgio, the Ohura, and the Burnham. The Giorgio is the smallest, the then the Burnham, and then the Ohura. Uh, they were kind enough to uh, uh, give us the uh, full Ohura service while we were there. Um, oh, cool! With, like, yeah, we're, we were all full of food and full of tea, <laughs> and we were there for several hours. Nice. Um, we just walked around and talked about. Uh, so the reason they were doing Star Trek Day, they were doing Star Trek Day anyway, but they had also been contacted by the Dana Thompson Memorial Fund of Awesome right. to do fundraising. So they ended up, they had a full house, like oh, all that's day great. long. That's great. The 25% of the sales they made that day went to the fund. Oh, that's fantastic. So, uh, and the of course, the for listeners who might not know, Dana Thompson was played Uhura for Trek in the Park for five years. Uh, she was a dear friend to many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go too far into that because I cried the last time I started she's talking just, about Dana. She's no longer with us and it was very yep. unexpected. <clears throat> Pardon. It was, it was, yeah, it was a shock to those who knew her. So, so it was great for like uh, Adam, Ryan and I, uh, like I haven't seen Adam since 2019. No. So right, we haven't seen each other since then. So it was sure. great to catch up. But then we also walked around and did trivia and played, talked to people, talked about Trek and Park, talked about Trek in general, talked about Dana. So it was it was a wonderful afternoon, uh, and it was a great way to spend uh, Star Trek Day. Granted, we did we celebrated the day after because it was a Saturday and it's easier to do that. So right. Yeah, that was that was my weekend. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it, I I really want to get there sometime. I thought I would you know. come check it out on Saturday, but then I realized that it was uh, it said like book now, and all the reservations had already been taken. Oh yeah, um, it is highly recommended that if you want to go to this, reserve a table. Yeah, I had especially if it's a weekend that. day. Yeah, um, and it's because it, it's you're there for an hour. Mm-hmm. Easy. Yeah, it's not like a like a Tazo tea where you show up, get your cup, and no, look around. Like you get like the the tea list is extensive, and then you are served a pot 
it's essentially like a French pass of whatever tea that you ordered and you drink your tea. Uh, they do have coffee drinks if you're not a tea drinker. They yes. Have some coffee styles. You, you want the tea. You definitely want the tea. If it you, goes if everything you go to from, a tea house, you should, you should try the yeah. thing. Like there's everything from caffeinated tea to herbal teas. Like mm-hmm. they, it runs the gamut. Um, I think Merrick had a, a particular chai tea both times. I had uh, the first time I went was like a month ago. Um, and I had the Lapsang Sushang. Oh, cool. Which is one of my favorite teas. It's, tastes like you're drinking smoke it's fantastic yeah <laughs> um and then uh this time i had the the scottish caramel which was an amazing tea i do want that to check it out tasty. it was very good um but yeah there's all kinds of tea brendan and and wellington and their entire staff are fantastic people uh it, it it's yeah it's great Yes, they do have Earl Grey. Yes, you can get it hot. <laughs> uh, I would bring my little Enterprise A teacup. So yeah, you'll I know find because you it's you'll find that some of the the tableware the tableware is all mismatched deliberately because yeah. it's easier to maintain that way. But man, it's like. Th- that tea set is in there somewhere <laughs> along with that. Uh, that reminds me, the mead that I made for this year's yes. mead competition. Uh, not that you share it in the competition, but I, I had named it uh, Earl Grey Hot because it is an Earl Grey right, tea. Right. Um, and I still have like two 12-ounce bottles that uh, we should share. I would like to share them with you two. Sure. I know you've had it, but yeah, yeah, I'd love st- to. I, I, w- I still would like to share it with YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. That can be done. But yeah, so there was that. That's what. It, that's one of the things I've been doing. Uh, it sounds like it was a really good time. I wish I had planned ahead to have attended, but I, I'm going to assume that this is the sort of thing that they're going to want to do every year. It is. It, but don't wait for the next Star Trek day to go. Do this. No, no, it's on my radar to to go regardless, but. Uh, yeah, um, I will say if you're in Portland, uh, look them up. Emperor mm-hmm. Giorgio's Tea Room. Um, if you can't spell that, if you put in Portland Star Trek Tea Room, they pop up. Yeah. Very fast. Star Trek Tea Room. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, the You might get sick or shocked when you first look at the prices. It's like, oh, it's how much per person? It's like, yeah, it's fucking worth it. Just do it. Trust me. Yeah, that's something I think some Portlanders forget that some of those higher it's not like it's an egregious price when you realize no, what not. you're getting the service you're getting it's it's like going into a good japanese restaurant and they have a 50 dollar omakase you're like 50 bucks for mm-hmm. just me but it's like yeah but they're gonna bring you food for three fucking hours yes you know yep. <laughs> and then it's like oh oh that i i haven't paid enough yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Let, let me. Here's more money. I am definitely gonna check them out. I've got two more days off. Maybe I'll maybe I'll check them out this week sometime. Do that. Do that. Yeah. They are right on the yellow line, which is really nice. Oh, nice. that's super nice. I yeah, think. they're. It, it's a two block walk from where Paul Bunyan is. Oh, okay. That's easy to remember. Yep. And the dancing bear, which I don't think is there anymore. 
The building is. The building is, yes. No, I know all the stories of what they tried to do, too. Yep. Didn't work. Nope. Um, <laughs> they are they are closed, I, I believe, uh, Mondays and Tuesdays. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think they're Thursday through Sunday. All right. Well, maybe so. I will try to go Thursday. Cool. All right. Um, we should probably wrap it up. I know yep. I told you guys I forgot to bring my charger and my computer's like 11%. Well, we're we're at time anyway, so that's true. Success. Time, yeah. time in the bar. Ding ding. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, I'm gonna try to do some horror or something. Not it, sure yep, what. we're coming up on on that time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's already Halloween. If, any, Eve. if anything, we're yeah. we're behind. We're behind. Yeah. I thought an idea I might do. I don't know if we can do it for the whole show because it requires movie watching. It might be just something I do for fun. I have never seen the Insidious movies, and apparently they're actually pretty good. Really? I've, oh, I've just, yeah. It's okay. just, it's not what I've avoided. I've always like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Um, so I've been wanting to do the um, Mopop 100 horror films oh, yeah. that you must see. Um, so there's that. That'd be cool, too. I just haven't put that much thought into it yet. But <laughs> I clearly haven't put thought into mine either. I, I, I like both of those things. <laughs> okay. I, I have... I have other news that I'll share when I'm actually where I actually opt before I share it publicly. All right. And All with right. that. With that, I am Aron Durand. I am Bianarita. And I am Cable Hashitami. We will speak to everybody next week. Bye, friends. You can't see me, but I'm giving you a salute too.